Discussions impacting your life the most. It is said that uh, Africa is one of the largest contributors to the world's uh, child marriages statistics. We zoom into uh, this African uh, challenge and try and get an understanding of why is it that uh, such gross violation of uh, little girls still persist in Africa. And joining us uh, right now to unpack this matter as we invite you to connect in the conversation at SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. Also welcoming your What's our voice notes on 0614-104-107 and uh, your calls on 0891-104-207 and you can send us SMSs at 40938 charged at 150. Dr. Alex asa is joining us as head of sociology and uh, head of sociology department at uh, the Monash University. Good afternoon and welcome Dr. Alex. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I, I need us to do this and get it out of the way. Slowly teach me how to pronounce your surname. Okay, Asakitipi. The KPI is one syllable, just Aha. as in rugby. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. That's uh, most welcome. This is a problem. I, I it, You know, I, I think when I say challenge, it's like I'm minimizing it. It's a problem that in 2019, we still have countries like Niger, um, that it's legal to marry a 15-year-old. Yes, absolutely. It is a major, major problem in Africa, not only in Niger, but other parts of Africa where we have large number of um, Muslim uh, uh, population because the Quran, um, as uh, the imams will quote, um, permits um, uh, Muslims to marry children even as young as um, nine or ten. Uh, so it is not just in Niger, but uh, in most parts of Africa where we have very large Muslim population. And this is not to say that uh, all Muslims marry young children, mm-hmm. but because um, somehow the Quran legitimizes it, uh, most people uh, hide behind the Quran to perpetuate this act. So, so what is the um, text reference that, that um, allows for this as legal? Well, again, the, those who subscribe to the Quran, which is the holy scripture of the Muslims, that is what they use because some in most some societies in Africa, such as uh, in northern Nigeria, the Sharia, which is derived from the Quran, actually legalizes it and accepts it as far as the imams interpret it. So that is the framework within which they operate. And most of the time, as you might be aware, for example, in northern Nigeria, where people are agitating for the implementation of Sharia, um, they use it as a framework to justify the practice of um, young children, women being sold out, sorry, being um, married out Mm. to elderly men. So according to the United Nations uh, Children's Fund, UNICEF, um, there's an estimation that uh, on on current trends, almost half the world's child brides by 2050 will be African. Can this be avoided? Well, it can be avoided if we have the political will and then we are able to enlighten and educate and persuade um, men who are the heads of homes um, so that uh, they see the reality and the consequences of this practice, not only on the society, but on the girls themselves. So it has to do with uh, political will, but it is not 
the type that will be enforced um, by brutal force. Rather, it's by persuasion, it's by education, and by enlightenment. And how is poverty contributing and just exacerbating this issue? Um, studies have shown that there is a close correlation between poverty and child marriage, especially as it operates today in Africa. Uh, if we consider a country such as Niger, um, we see that most of the women who are victims, the young ladies who are victims and, has, and are married out as a girl bride, the parents are usually of very low means, mm-hmm. and they use that as a basis to either connect with Uh, some men who have some economic means so that they can also benefit from that or they just practically as it were sell their daughter for some monetary gains and more more importantly is also because some of the families are not even aware of family planning Mm. so as they have more children they are caught at the crossroads, so they don't know what to do. So they just end up hiding behind this interpretation of the Quran. And then they give out their nine-year-old girls to elderly men to, so that they, they, those ones can be taken care of. And there's also, um, you know, that belief that cabbing child marriages would lower fertility rates. Uh, is that to the benefit of the country or it just, it's, it's just gross violation of, of, of those teenagers' rights? Well, it depends on the country. In a country such as Nigeria, where the estimate of uh, the country's population is over 190 million, um, curbing uh, the girl bride will help a great deal. Rather than exacerbate the population, uh, it will help to control it, one. But secondly, it will also help to improve the economic performance of the country because if the girl child is asked to go to school and then she graduates, she will inevitably get a job and then she will contribute her quota to the development of the society. So in actual fact, yes, if um, it is discouraged, it will reduce a population explosion, but more importantly, it will contribute to economic development. So so these child brides, um, are they allowed to continue with school post-marriage? Um, as far as I know, no. Most of the time, they are married to agrarian farmers, and um, what they do in terms of economy is to support the men in the on the farms. Uh, so the likelihood of them going back to school is almost nil. Mm. And once they start farming, they also continue to have children. So what what it means ultimately is that by the time they are 35, 40 of 45, 50 years old, they are exhausted and they are completely worn out. So they cannot make any significant contribution anymore. And then with their own children, when their children are 9, 10, they they give them out into marriage and then the cycle is perpetuated. So in countries where this is not law, uh, can it be regarded as rape? And what can you know movements like the United Nations do about this? Well, even though in some countries where it is not a law, you really have there will be difficulties to say that um, it is rape because if the society acknowledges that um, mm. that is their way, their customary way of. Um, be thrusting a child and then getting married to the child, um, those norms um, hold, and therefore they will not see it as um, rape. 
Um, as again, as we've said, it is only by educating and enlightening the people that they begin to see the need for them to stop this practice that um, significantly hampers the growth and development of the girl child. And I guess keeping girls in school is in the best interest of these countries as well. It is. It is. It is in the best interest of the country because, again, as we have said, uh, it does not only lead to empowering the girl child, Mm. but it also adds significantly to the contribution of the economy of that society. All right, let's take your calls on this matter, 0891-104-207. What's our voice note on 0614-104-107. Also inviting you to connect on social media, uh, both on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live, and uh, also your SMSs at 40938, charged at 150. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. This is I am an African and uh, talking about child marriages in Africa. Some countries have shown um, that they can keep young girls out of wedlock. In Ethiopia, uh, once among Africa's top five countries uh, for child marriages, the practice has uh, dropped by a third uh, in the past decade. That shows that this can be done indeed. And uh, joining us uh, to help us uh, just unpack this phenomena. And uh, I, I guess we need to put timelines uh, to such uh, gross human rights violation. Um, by when do we want this eradicated completely? And uh, Dr. Alex uh, Asakitipi is uh, joining us as an expert uh, and uh, he's head of sociology uh, at uh, Monash University. Let's take your calls right now on 0891-104-207. Paramoro uh, in Bloemfontein, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm very good. If you're better. Thank you very much for the good show. Um, first of all, I'm a bit disappointed in how your guest narrated the whole thing from the beginning. Mm. You asked him a clear question, which he failed to provide an answer to it. First of all, it is never in any scripture of Muslims that a girl between 13, 14, 15 should be married. And then secondly, there is no one who has cited or using that as a basis or misquoting it. There is nowhere else. For example, if you go to Ghana, there's a, there's a certain tribe which is mostly Christian. It's called the Ashantis. What happens is in Ghana, if you see a lady who is even eight years, you can even go to the family, knock on the door, and then pay something, in a, a not really lobola, but something to show that this lady is being reserved for you. So the child can finish school, maybe high school, uh, SS, um, um, university, then you guys can get married. You understand? Because it's happening in a, like a Christian field, nobody is using it to say Christians are misquoting the Bible or something. So I disagree with your... But Amoro, um, are you defending the, the, the belief that it's in the Quran? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not defending. What I'm saying is it is never in the Quran. Okay. It is never there. And then there is no one misinterpreting it. Those who do so maybe have their various reasons, which we have to ask them. Secondly, so so before we move to that, before we move to your second point, what is your take on child marriages of of girls as young as fourteen? Okay, for me, Chriselda, if if a girl at the age of thirteen or a boy at the age of thirteen is allowed to have sex, 
you understand? Then for me, the best way, and remember, we are talking about teenage pregnancy, pregnancy, all form, all sort of diseases. So if maybe, like myself, I know I'm a guy, I'm 13 or 14, and I'm eligible to look after someone, and if I want to go for marriage, it's better. I'd rather go for marriage than to date. Let you me let me read you this, and I hope this uh, helps uh, to give perspective in in the narrative that you've just shared now. Uh, there's a yeah. woman called uh, Fatia. Uh, Fatia yeah. is from Niger. She says yeah. on her wedding day, uh, she says she begged her husband not to force himself on her. He was, she says, quoting her. Uh, he was bigger than me. It hurt so much, and and. She says this, looking down. So, so as you hear this, what goes through your mind right now? Believing oh, that you're doing this for the betterment of the family in marrying their child. In situation like this, you don't even classify it as a marriage. It's uh, it's strictly a rape issue. So it's against the right of the lady in question. And then also, like in Ghana, such things happen. What normally happens is, if I hear such a thing. We report it to the nearest police station. Then the police will even end up arresting the whole family of the lady as well. But it is law in Niger. It is law. Being passed by the legislature or being passed by the local uh, people, that is the first thing. Is it in the constitution or being passed in parliament? If we're talking about laws, that is something that has been passed in the legislature. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you wanted to say your second point, yeah? Yes, the second point. Uh, um, majority of Muslims are in countries like Saudi Arabia, Dubai, UAE. Let's go to those countries and check if that system is being practiced there. You will never find it there. We've got ma- many Muslims in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Why are they also not practicing such a system? Okay. It may be it's been alleged that Muslims are doing such a thing. So let's stop that misquoting and go straight to the main issue that child marriage is never allowed in our system. Thank Constitution, you, no Constitution allows that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Let's go to Mohammed in Bloemfontein. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? Wonderful. Good afternoon How are you, to your guest. Mm. Okay, I'm just making a point on reaffirming what the last caller had said. Um, I also want to reaffirm the fact that it's not mentioned in the Quran that you have to marry your child at a young age. Mm. Uh, however, it is advocated that when a child reaches the age of maturity, that uh, he or she be married, he or she. Um, obviously, the definition of that is can be expounded in terms of our modern-day society. Mm-hmm. And um, again, as I'm saying, uh, if we look at marriage or child marriage, it's not something that, yes, in the, in the prehistoric days, um, this is not confined to the Middle East or Muslim culture, but it's, it's confined to that period in time. And during that particular age, whether you look at the Renaissance period or during that age, even the kings of England and the kings of France and all of that would marry younger women or women of the age of uh, what we term in modern day as 10, 11, mm. 12 years old. Mohammed, right? indulge me a bit. Uh, how yes. would you defend, uh, define maturity, age of maturity? Okay. Look, okay, look, again, as I'm saying something, what my, my, my actual point is, again, in today's society, we, we would look at a child marriage of this sort in the northern African countries as being frowned upon. Mm. Look, 
again, as I say, there's a degree of understanding. If it's forced upon, look, you made a point a few minutes ago mm. about fatiha being forced upon. And again, my, my point is in what, you know, we've got to look at all these things in context. How many women have experienced this? Again, you know, your guest has said that there's, you know, these women don't contribute to society. If you look at the population of Nigeria, it's plus minus 200 million people. What constitutes that amount of women who are married in this, you know, what, what, what do they constitute to the population? And what difference would they make in that population? All this has to be pushed, put into context. What's your right? take on child marriages, personally? Look, again, my, my, my point on this is, at the end of the day, if somebody is mature enough at a certain age to be married, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating a child of immaturity. Uh, a 17 or an 18-year-old today has a degree of maturity that could, it, it could be constituted as being allowed to be married off. However, again, as I'm saying to you... And, and the, the teen be, part is not of concern. Sorry, say again? The teen part is not of concern. The fact that there's a teen uh, next to the look, number. Look, uh, I, would, I would say this. Look, in South Africa, we have our own problem. We're frowning with uh, the African, northern African countries to be having child marriages. Mm. But if you look at our own schools, how many, how many teenage girls are being pregnant and impregnated on a daily basis? We're getting dropouts. We have to look at society as a whole. And, and I wonder I say, what happens with, to with, the boy the child in all this. With the democracy of South Africa that we have, we have our own problem. We Thank have you, our own, Yes, we, we're not having child pregnancy. We're not having child marriages. But we're having child pregnancies. Teenage girls are having babies like you can't believe. So there is, if not consensual, uh, consensual sex that's taking place between these teenagers, which today we would frown upon and say, they are child married. But those very same teens are, are engaging in sexual sex with the opposite, uh, with, uh, with boys. And then Thank how you, would we look at this? Thank so, you. as I say, we've got to look at it in context, ma'am. All right. I, I fully agree with you. And the context uh, this time around is that we have teenagers being married off to older men. And that's a problem in, in Africa. Let's go to the news headlines with Uzi Lesag. SAFM, setting the nationwide agenda daily. All right, uh, setting the nation's agenda as we lead in the conversations uh, that uh, matter most to us as human beings. And right now talking about child marriages and uh, uh, joining me on the line is Dr. Alex Asakidipi. Uh, we did practice this very nicely. And he's head of sociology at uh, Monash University. Uh, so, Doc, your your response, um, because it, it seems like uh, perhaps you robbed people um, yeah, um, by mentioning uh, the Quran. Yes. Um, if you heard me correctly, what I said was that some people hide under the interpretation of the Quran by imams. And that there are so many instances where some... Um, Islamic leaders have said that a, a, when a child has sees her first menstruation, her second menstruation should be in her husband's house. Mm. It, I'm not the one that is saying this. It is all over, and studies have been conducted on, on, on this. And I know of um, some Muslims who are friends, and they have also corroborated this. So let us get that straight. I am not the one that is saying this. So to say that I'm dodging the question is mm. not exactly correct. Secondly, I think there is a mix-up with the example he gave of the Ashantis. And I agree that much of they have bethrottles. But when you say someone is bethrotted, she is not 
escorted to her husband's home. As he acknowledged, the child is allowed to finish schooling, then she will then be escorted to her husband. So most of the time, the child will be around 19, 20. Mm -hmm. So the child is not escorted when the child is nine. So that is the difference between what is practiced amongst the Ashantis and what is practiced amongst those who uh, marry the girl child to elderly men. And I think that is so very important. And if I go to the next um, uh, respondent, uh, Mohammed, I, again, he, he is still very ambivalent. He, um, when you say someone is mature, in actual fact, studies have shown that the average child does not become psychologically, emotionally mature until when the child is about 21, 21. Yeah. It is even more so in Africa where there is a correlation between dependency and physical maturity, both in terms of education, in terms of psychology, and so on and so forth. So when you say the child can be married off at the age of 17, 18, the question is, what will the child be doing? Has the child had, does the child have any form of empowerment to support herself and contribute to this society? Mm. One of the main reasons why women are victims of intimate partner violence is precisely because they are not empowered. So they are always at the mercy of their husbands yeah. or their spouses. But when they are empowered, they have a good education, they have degrees, and then they have good jobs. They will not only contribute to the society, but they will also stand their own in their homes. That's it. So I do not Let completely agree with this uh, second speaker that uh, girls should be allowed to marry at the age of 17, 18, because then they are, they are mature. They are not. Let's go to KGM M. Tata. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, uh, Chrisalda. Good afternoon to your guests, the listeners, and your crew. Chrisalda, firstly, before I, I say things that might be too offensive, uh, your guest, what, what uh, cultural origins is he? Is he of an African descent, or where, where do I place him? Dr. Alex? Um, I'm an African, and um, I'm from Nigeria. I, I grew up in the northern part of Nigeria, which is predominantly a Muslim community, and I also grew up in the southern part of Nigeria, which is predominantly a Muslim community. I also studied anthropology as my first degree, then went on to study sociology. So I'm very, very familiar with this topic under discussion. All right. Your question, KGM? KGM? And there was no KGM. Let's go on to your voice uh, notes. I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I came back to you after Dr. Alex responded, um, uh, his qualifications. Yeah, yes, I, I, I have that. Chriselda, with due respect to your guest and everybody else, we, we need to understand the importance of respecting Africa's indigenous sovereignty as compared to the, the Western norms that are forced to us. Now, nobody can tell me what is the so-called right age for a child to, to so-called child to be married or not married. That's the first point. Second, uh, you, you need to qualify that point, KGM. Well, when you say well, nobody can tell you uh, what is the right age to marry off a child, what do you mean exactly? That a seven-year-old can be married off because nobody can qualify it? I mean, this, Chrisalda, I come from a background where my grandmother was married at the age of 13. 
in 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 the context that you guys are perpetuating it means my grandmother was abused and i can tell you this i'm not the only one there are many that have been like that and my personal experience is this i have always been told you are the youngest to do this you are the youngest to do this you are the youngest to do this now the point with that is when we come with these subjective uh, choices forced to people wherein we claim that we know the maturity of people i think it's a fallacy because some people mature earlier compared to others some people mature later compared to others but do you agree kgm that culture evolves well, why does culture evolve and the so-called democracy doesn't evolve? Why are you wearing clothes right now and wo- not walking around Ngamapeshu? And, and, and the, the myth is that when, when, when these four Western clothes came, there was no our clothes. I'll tell you why I'm wearing them. If I wear my clothes and I, I, I walk around with them, there's a law that precludes me. It, it's called public indecency, which was not there. No, public indecency is when you show us your genitalia. No, no, no. Griselda, I was charged. Don't joke about it. I was charged wearing Mahadi, I mean, Tsikhayata. I was charged in, in Uppington, told that you cannot go around wearing like this. No, but you're distorting my point. My point is this. The Western norms dictate to us, and we're supposed to say it's okay. I'm not by any means saying when a child is not prepared or not ready according to themselves, not according to me or you, that they are ready or not ready. Here, here's the last example. We in South Africa have a culture of the so-called sugar, sugar daddies and uh, uh, syndrome, where young kids, it's fashionable, young kids in, in my context, KGM's context, see nothing wrong in soliciting resources like money from elderly fathers or men who are old enough from, to be their grandparents. We don't make noise about it because it's a fashionable thing. Uh, maybe, maybe we um, is is a bit general a statement. But thank you so much, uh, KGM, uh, for for your contribution. Let's go to Yusuf in Neisner. Good afternoon and welcome, Yusuf. Uh, good afternoon. How are you this afternoon? Wonderful. Thank you, sir. I just want to make a point. You you had a, uh, one of your uh, callers earlier on who mentioned uh, you know about the Quran and about the Sharia law. But it's unfortunate that people like him who haven't read the Quran properly and they must quote the Quran. You see, the Quran is very, very clear. When it comes to uh, a marriage, the Quran is very, very clear and it, and it states, I don't have the exact verse on, on me, I'm driving at the moment, but uh, in the Quran chapter An Misa, it states very clearly, marry believing women. It never says marry believing girls or marry believing uh, uh, minors, or, or, you know, it says clearly I think that has already been woman. That, that has know, already a, been a corrected, you a, a girl who has now matured, you know, oh. and now has become a woman. So the Quran is clear, marry believing woman. Thank you. It, it, it doesn't state marry believing girls. Yeah. And, and, the, and that, uh, uh, it's very unfortunate that, that these callers that you get uh, sometimes, they, they don't know any of the Quran, 
but they very uh, uh, easily miscode the Quran. Mm. Thank you. Thank you very much for helping us clarify that. And I guess uh, it doesn't matter how many times you try and and, uh, rectify uh, the perception of your statement, uh, Dr. Alex, it's not going to help. Uh, I guess these conversations uh, continue to help us to just hear each other. Um, And and we're going to go to uh, the voice notes as as, uh, the last contribution. Uh, Let me just quickly read Owen Chippen's tweet saying, due to poverty, some parents force their young daughters to marry uh, so that they can get money. Parents need civic education in this matter. And KGM would disagree with that. All right, uh, let's um, go to the voice notes. Uh, the number to dial is 0614104107. Um, listen, man, uh, this is a very, very um, emotional topic for me, you know, because... Um you know, it is exploitation more than anything. I'm not saying I'm, I'm against it because I'm also um, a closer man and I was told my mom was married when she was only 16. But um, let me tell you the way it is happening here yeah, in, 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 in the Eastern Cape. Um, these young girls uh, get married and then they are taken here to Cape Town in promise of greener pastures, you know. And then when they are decide, um, as, as soon as this man think that um, they, they, they no longer desire them, you know, they just dump them here and go back to the Eastern Cape to, to bring another one, you understand? So it, it becomes a cycle whereby now uh, you have um, a group of young girls lost in the system here in town and they end up getting involved in, in, in bad things, you know, not that uh, they have a choice but um it is circumstances so it is it is it is really sad at safm radio and at positive gp on twitter Anthony Griselda. and this child bride issue i think it's parents are complicit to this whole practice and they can only stop as uh, your um, guest said when parents understand that they're violating the rights of children but if it is accepted within the society and obviously, it will it will take a long time to to be dedicated. Alfred Harris, yeah. All right. Uh, some of your SMSs. I'm getting confusing perspectives about the question of child marriage. A simple question is: Would you allow your girl child to be married off? And that's a question. And uh, Jack in Alberton um, says that denials uh, from your callers seems to be endorsing the evil of child marriages. Shocking from KGM. Can't believe that it's coming from him. And SMS Gancho uh, uh, saying teenage marriage. Uh, was going to be fine if the teenagers uh, in marriage <laughs> would uh, get weekly allowance like a car and be allowed to travel and be allowed to date another at maturity. Yeah. And uh, a realist in, in, K- in the Eastern Cape says child marriages um, brutality is rape. And other mambo-jumbo activities practice is proof that uh, there's lack of civilization amongst African nations. All right, that's where we leave uh, this conversation. Uh, Dr. Alex, your closing thoughts. Um, yes, I think as one of the uh, callers put it, it's quite disturbing that um, we hear some of these uh, callers' um, response to this um, very, very important topic. So again, it shows that uh, we need to do a whole lot to enlighten the public. Uh, the person that was talking about sugar daddies, uh, because the, the, we have sugar daddy syndrome, doesn't mean that we should condone it. Mm. 
we must condemn it. And in whatever form, we must be able to support and encourage our young girls. And secondly, when someone was talking about culture, we always hide under that canopy of culture. I am a student of culture, and I appreciate our culture. But when culture is detrimental, we must be objective. My own mother was married when she was 17, and she had 11 of us. She slaved all through because her husband died when she was in her early 30s. She slept all through before she died in her late 60s. I have a daughter today. I will not want her to go through that process. My mom got, went through. Because my mother was was uh, uh, married off at the age of 17, does not mean that I should perpetuate that act. I know the importance of education. I know how it will empower my daughter. And that is what I want to give to her. And that is why I think the strongest weapon we can use to to break this hard cultural um, fact is to ensure that we continually educate the public. Mm. We enlighten parents so that they can see the benefit of sending their children to school. But again, the government must also support them. If there is a if there's chaos in the society, if there's instability in the leadership of the society, it creates problems. And therefore, as someone just said now, if the people are poor, they may be forced to sell their children to the highest bidder as marriage. Mm, mm, but that mm, is not mm. marriage. That is, in actual fact, is slavery in disguise. Um, so Thank as you, we Doc. celebrate our young girls, we must ensure that we support them so that they can also become functional members of the society. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Alex, for joining us. Uh, Dr. Alex Asakitipi, uh, joining us as head of sociology at uh, Monash University. And that's where we leave uh, this conversation. Let's pay the bills and... uh,